Hello and welcome to this micro lesson format of the show. This week, with all eyes on the Football World Cup in Qatar, I'm going to go back into our archive of interviews and I've selected some insights from Gareth Southgate. The questions come from our former colleague Michael Caulfield, who worked with Gareth at Middlesbrough. So this interview predates his role as England manager, but has some great insights into his leadership and coaching philosophy. And clearly at these huge global tournaments, there's always a frenzy of excitement around the results and the iconic stars and the scrutiny about every tactical change that's made. So I'm going to stay well clear of that today. But these reflections from Gareth give us a great feel for the man away from the spotlight. To kick us off, Gareth explains the role his father and other mentors played in his early years, navigating his way in a highly competitive sport. It's a great reminder for us all of the supportive conditions our youngsters need to thrive. Almost everybody that you encounter as a kid has an influence of some sort on you. I'm a big believer that the family create you as a person, the environment of your family creates you as a person. Uh, and my father, and I've, I've heard this from a lot of sports people, was somebody that was totally supportive, but slightly in the background, not pushy, um, would offer little bits of advice, little challenges, um, would take me wherever I needed to be, but he was never the loud parent on the side shouting at me or praising me. Certainly didn't go overboard with his praise. But you knew when he gave you a well done. I suppose it's a bit Brian Clive-like. When he gave you a well done, you, I knew I'd, I'd done exceptionally well. And actually, he changed slightly when I was older. I think almost he could see that as a senior player, you get so much criticism from outside that he actually made a point of praising me more when I'd done well, which was an interesting thing. Um, but certainly parents I think are, are crucial in any athlete's formative years. And then particularly for boys, I've read lots of books about raising boys, but mentors outside the family um, seem to have more importance. And I can relate to that because I had PE teachers at school who, who were positive influences. Um, and then I was very fortunate at 16 that my youth coach at Crystal Palace, a guy called Alan Smith, um, became a second father for me and took me through a formative period of t you know, late teenage years which is a real difficult emotional and mental growing period for any boy. Um, set good examples for me, um, showed me a broader spectrum of life than my family were able to show me, could understand problems that my parents then couldn't understand because I was now in a professional sport. Um, but had cared about me as a person and um, uh, I think he, he would be the biggest influence on my career and I'm still very close with him which I think is a great thing if you're a coach you know I think that's something that you must feel very proud if players when they're later in their life keep in touch with him. I think we often forget that our elite stars are often in their own formative years of their personality and character and the world's so complicated, especially today when they're operating in a world that's bombarding them with opinion and judgment. The classic response is, well, they're millionaires, they should be able to cope with it. But living in a big house doesn't equip you to deal with life's biggest challenges. 
Having calm and highly supportive role models around them is definitely the antidote to this media madness. And listening to Gareth explain how his dad flexed his style, but was always there in the shadows, reminded me of what Kieran Reid, the All Blacks captain, said about his dad in our recent episode. There was enough challenge in the quest for excellence, and what they both needed was unconditional support. And that helped them both to thrive into elite athletes, but I'd also suggest that they're both incredibly humble and impressive characters as a result off the field too. So hearing Gareth's philosophy of nurturing leaders before he took the big job gives us some clues as to how he'd approach it. And as you may expect, character would be just as central a focus as those tactics. I I think any skill can be developed. Um, So why would leadership be any different? Um, uh, I think we're conscious now that there are, uh, I, I don't think geniuses are born in any field, they're, they're created and they're developed and um, leadership skills are something that through your family, through your coaches, through the environments that you work in um, can be encouraged and, and um, it, I, I, I think it's not a precise process. I've got to say that. I think there are many different routes. I think like the development of any player or any athlete, I don't think there's a set path, otherwise everybody would be, there'd be a formula and every youth development in every youth sport would go the same route and we would come out with the same result. Um, So developing leaders has to be the same, but I think people can make you think and provoke you and give you responsibility. Um, and I'm very conscious that even the smallest things with, with my own children, um, you know, my daughter comes down for breakfast and she sits on the chair and waits for us to say, what would you like for breakfast then, darling? <laughs> you know, and then I said to my wife, well, are we really encouraging her to fend for herself? And you want to do things for your kids, but there's a point where now, okay, um, what are you sitting waiting for? <laughs> breakfast there, on you go. And I think with athletes now, we want to create a professional environment. We want to make sure that there are no excuses for our athletes. Um, But do we do too much for them? Do we take responsibility away from them? And then we want them to go on the field and make decisions and, um, and adjust to situations that it changed. They have to make decisions on the field thousands of times a game in in split seconds. As a centre-back, I had to make so many decisions on my positioning. Where am I going? What am I doing? What am I doing with him? Where's my right back? Where's my left back? Am I going in to mark that guy? Am I leaving him? If I go in, what happened? So if I'm not even being asked to pick up my water bottle at the end of a session or look after my kit or silly little things that we would think, um, are we encouraging athletes to make the right decisions when they're actually within a game? And um, that's not to say we shouldn't be professional and, and give them a great training environment, but I think um, I'm not somebody that bangs on about the old days and lads should be cleaning boots and whatever. Um, but 
do we are, do we get them to take responsibility for their own lives and 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 how what is that process i would question as coaches how do we how do we create that environment for them so when we see the impact that people like raheem sterling and marcus rashford have had outside the game we can see that this challenge to take ownership have an opinion stand up for what you believe in may have started with small gestures but has definitely grown and had ripples across society. On a similar note this week, seeing the Japanese team leave their changing room in immaculate condition says something about their character and their respect for others. Of course they could hire someone to pick their mess up after them, but what message does that send? Leadership is seen in these smallest of acts, the pat on the back when a teammate is struggling, the patient answer when the press are looking for an emotional headline, covering someone that might have made a mistake. All these selfless skills need nurturing in people too, and no amount of moving magnetic tactics discs around the board will do that. They need role modelling from the top and celebrating as part of the team's identity. So as England progressed through to the knockout rounds of the World Cup this weekend, Everyone in every pub and office across the land will have a different combination of players and tactics. It's Gareth's job to pick the players with the skill and the character to deliver on the big stage when it really matters. And ultimately, his career will be defined by this record. At the moment, this stands as played 79, won 48, drawn 18 and lost 13. A win ratio of over 60% which puts him up there with the very best that England's had. So let's hope that he can boost that win ratio even more and bring home a major trophy. As a final insight, let's hear Gareth's views on what it takes to be a great coach. Well, I think when we talk about sports psychology, we're talking about a coach. Um, and in my view, you don't have to have played sport at a high level to be an outstanding coach. It's a completely different set of skills. Um, what you have to be is um, an excellent developer of people uh, and a, a, an educator of people and uh, somebody who challenges people and challenges their thinking. Um, and I, I don't see any correlation to having played sport at the highest level and, and having that set of skills. Now, if you have played sport at the highest level and, and you have that set of skills, then I think that's a fantastic um, package to, to bring with you. But I think if we look at the best coaches in all sports around the world, there are very few that were absolutely top, top players. Um, and I don't actually remember as a player working with many coaches that I questioned their playing background when they gave me information. I just either rated them as a coach or I thought they were an idiot. <laughs> so I, if I thought they were an idiot as a coach, I might have questioned their playing background as well. It didn't become an issue unless I thought they weren't very good at what they were doing now. Um, and I, and I, I think we put too much emphasis in football again on looking for the retired player um, becoming the next coach. Um, and I, look, I had an opportunity, I became manager of Middlesbrough um, immediately having retired as a player, or, or before I'd even retired as a player, and it's a ridiculous thing to do. Um, 
totally unprepared for it. A fantastic learning experience and a fantastic challenge and having done that I know I could deal with pretty much anything that was thrown at me in my life. Um, but coaching is a profession and you need to learn any profession and if we talk about 10,000 hours of practice to become excellent as an athlete or a musician, well why would that be any different for coaching? Well, Gareth's very honest there about his own experiences at the back end of his playing career. But ever since then, he's been gathering experiences and learning right through his England under 21 experience and now as the senior team manager. So being a great coach isn't being a great demonstrator of what you used to do and what you can still do. It's having that interpersonal curiosity and care to help your player to take the next step in their career to take risks knowing that they're going to get support, to learn new techniques. And just like his early mentors, I'm sure Gareth's demeanour doesn't change dramatically when there's either success or mistakes. And in a game fueled by volatile emotions and opinions, this stability provides a great environment for his talent to thrive. Gareth's personal experiences of the highs and lows of the game, as well as that emphasis on developing strong, rounded characters, is a brilliant foundation. And you can see that the players trust him because he wants what's best for them and the team, and it's not about him. So let's hope that all these elements of the tactics he chooses, combined with the individual characters and those strong team bonds, are an explosive force for the remainder of the World Cup. And as ever in this podcast, I hope the insights and lessons shared today provide you with some inspiration and tips to stay ahead of the game in your own leadership. Good luck. Good luck.